and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Nate Eckert. Nate, we are a week or two into the season now, and are you ready to overreact like a crazy person tonight? (laughs) I am. Let's do it. It's getting nuts. Look it. There's not a lot to talk about. As excited as everybody is for the beginning of baseball, we can't sit here and legitimately give you a lot of advice that's changed over the first week. We just can't. But what we can do is overreact one way or the other, both negatively and positively. So I think that's what we're going to do tonight, Nate. We are going to take a look at some of the starts, both both in the majors and in the minors, even if it's four at bats. I don't even care tonight. We are going to yep. go over these prospects and we're going to overreact. We're going to do a, a buy, sell, hold type of thing. I'm going to give you a who would you rather have questions. And we're just going to get crazy and assume that whatever they've done for the first 20 at bats is what they're going to do for the entire season. So how does that Boom. sound? That sounds awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. We do have a little bit of news and notes to get to before we get mm-hmm. into the craziness. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to go. I have to lead with this one because it's very funny. To me, it's Francisco Alvarez. And uh, boy. He, got the, he got the promotion, not because he is amazing, but hmm. rather because Omar Navarez is going to be sidelined for a, a, a month or two. Yeah. So he gets the call. And then we see Buck Showalter say something along the lines of, I don't have the quote in front of me, but saying, hey, you know, backup is going to be an important thing for him to learn here. Not all great quarterbacks or starters right away they got to be a backup first and <laughs> implying that he's not going to play so this is great for my prediction right of francisco alvarez because he is not going to get any sort of seasoning right now he's going to be a backup he's going to play one or two times a week he's going to uh-huh. get annihilated because he's not a good hitter <laughs> right now in the majors i saw i've seen it with my my own eyes he's and too and then he's then he's going to get sent back down and the confidence is shot like this is it Francisco this is the beginning of the end right <laughs> yeah I'd say so it is working right into your uh right into your prediction yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they do I think that the DH possibility is is there for him um sure. and then having him catch one or two days I mean Thomas Nito is now the the starting catcher for the Mets by no Thanks. means is that a guy that you're gonna sacrifice Francisco Alvarez for because in all honesty, like you have a an elite prospect here, especially in real life baseball. Yes. So you can't you can't screw this up. And but it's just weird. Again, these some of these managers and general managers talked about Grayson last re- week with uh, the uh-huh. general manager. <laughs> That's the other piece of news. Like okay, we'll we'll call it. Yeah. You. But we'll get to that in yep. a second. Yeah. But like, why why is Buck Showalter saying these types of things? I just don't get it. Like. You should say something. It's so simple. Uh, we're excited to have him up. It's kind of right. moves his timeline up. He's going to get some seasoning here in the big leagues. He's going to get some at bats. And just why does he have to say these things? It show Walter so old school too. He's like he's like the last remaining dinosaur who just won't you know go extinct. I was just watching the '95 uh, Seattle Mariners refuse to lose. 
And uh, it was a uh, book, book show Walters, New York Yankees in 95, the year they lost to the Mariners. And the year before Joe Torre and Jer- Derek Jeter started their dynasty. Uh, and I was just thinking about what show Walters done since then. And it's been a whole lot of what you just got done reading. It, it, that's all I've really seen from show Walter. And if I'm a organization in the bigs, not really looking forward to having him as my coach. <laughs> no, you know? definitely not if you're a young player. No, um, not at all. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I honestly do think he's going to get more at bats than what Buck Showalter is implying there. I think that if anything, this probably does hurt my prediction. Like he's going to probably play a lot. Um, so we'll see. Um, interesting. All right. Let's move on to that other thing that I alluded to. With Grayson Rodriguez, they go ahead and trash him, and then they bring him up right away to start right. um, yep. on Wednesday. And well, it was tough a pretty, love. yeah, it was a pretty decent start. Um, obviously, a little shaky at the beginning there, but when it's all said and done, five innings, only gave up four hits, one walk, only five Ks. Pretty decent uh, debut for the guy. If not a, an awkward debut, but still. I imagine that he's probably now here for good, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I would have to. I mean, unless you want to shatter the guy's confidence even more than what they've already done. Uh, and he still went out and, and put him put his team in a position to win. So, uh, Rod, Gray Rod, Grayson Rodriguez, he'll be just fine. No doubt about it. Yeah, exactly. A nice buy low opportunity that's probably gone, and you're listening to this. But... <laughs> You never know. Some people are maybe not too thrilled with that debut. I don't know. You probably can't buy them right now. But um, I wanted to talk about the Brewers rookies because it seems like they're doing a youth movement right now. I don't see how Bryce Terang, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer don't play every day moving forward. Um, This is quite a change. And I know we're doing an overreaction episode here, but I don't know if this is an overreaction. I feel like they're going to be playing – Every single day. I don't think there's a platoon happening here. There is, of course, an injury to Luis Urias that we didn't quite see. Um, we didn't also see Brian Anderson turning into Babe Ruth. But <laughs> regardless of that, uh, these guys are, are playing a lot. Maybe Mitchell sits during a, for a tough righty, or a tough lefty, excuse me, and Weimer with a tough righty. But these guys might get 500 plate appearances each for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I agree with the outfielders. I, th- I feel like uh, Terang may be a bit, still maybe a bit crowded. I've noticed that he's had a couple of non-starts, but I- I'm with you on uh, on uh, Weimer and uh, uh, Garrett Mitchell. They they definitely seem like they're, they're primed uh, to play the rest of the year for sure. Um, with that being said, the news and notes, there's not a lot. I mean, they we're going to talk about a lot of these guys that maybe you'd want to see in the news and notes in our overreaction because we're going to go over a bunch of players right now. And let's just move on right to that. So, again, what we're doing now is we're going to try to take a look at these guys. And, yeah, it's a short sample size. You're going to see that. Oh, it's a very cliched thing nowadays. Oh, it's such a short sample. In fact, I saw Jazz Chisholm do a tweet where he's like, it's only nine games, guys. And it's like, well, I still, I can see what you've done in the, the first nine games. And I, I kind of know right. the Marlins are not going to be good. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> a lot has to change for that to happen. It's hard to change on the fly as well. So there's some things here. Of course, there's bad luck going involved. But one thing that I think you can take a notice to is the K rate um, as well yeah. as the walk rate. Now, the average, yeah. that can fluctuate for sure. But I think the, the K rate and the, the walk rate the walk rate do stabilize pretty quickly. So we're, we're going to kind of focus on that. Um, and so let's start with Anthony Volpe because I have not been impressed with him so right. far at all. He has a 28% strikeout rate, which I'm actually surprised. I've watched him like I've, you know, I tune into a Yankees game here and there to check in that bat. And every time I look at him, he strikes out. <laughs> <laughs> he also has a, a 19% walk rate, which is excellent, but he's yeah. hitting 176. I saw him look absolutely helpless against Felix Bautista today with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. I'm very pessimistic now based on what I've seen with Volpe for this year. Again, this isn't so much long term. I don't want to say like, oh, Volpe's done, but like, right. I don't know how valuable he's going to be this year. Yeah. Um, and those three stolen bases are great, but like the last five or five games or so, it hasn't he hasn't been on base to steal, like you said earlier. Right. So, right. Well, let's do a buy, sell, or hold on Volpe for you. For this year or in general? Why don't you do both for me? Okay. It's a it's a it's a sell for this year, and uh, I'm right there with it. it more more uh, distracting or not so much stra- more detracting for me is the uh, the 176 slugging percentage along with that, which is just anemic. I mean, <laughs> that's so bad. Um, yeah, I'm selling for this year, but uh, I'm I'm buying full sale uh, for his career. I get it. I think his career is is fine. Again, I, I don't know if we need to worry about their careers when we do buy sell hold in this type of thing sure but what what are they going to do for us this year is maybe what we can get from this okay he's got a yeah, lot I'm to learn Volpe. he's I, you know i talked to scott about this a few episodes back and i said i would start volpe right away and i mm-hmm. stand by that yeah but i think the results this year are going to be really really poor <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be a big a, a big jump because he just he looks overwhelmed right now. Right. That sucks, but <laughs> sorry, Yankees I know fan, he does. Like, you know. want him to be so successful. Let's let's talk about the guy he was competing with, Oswald Peraza, down in Triple A. Mm-hmm. He has a 292 batting average, and he's gonna see Volpe's three stolen bases, and he's gonna raise him to five because that's how many he has right now. 25% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate, and the slug at 333, so not anywhere fantastic either, but certainly somebody that can maybe fill Volpe's shoes right now. I think this is an obvious buy. I don't even think I need to ask you right now, to be honest. Right. Like, you got to buy Oswald Peraza wherever you can right now, right? You have to, because he's the next guy up. I mean, Volpe doesn't even have an extra base hit yet. So, um, yeah, you have to. And to play in Yankee Stadium, that's obviously not Scranton, you know. But uh, I think Volpe did a really good job of 
like introducing himself to the fans. But as far as winning baseball and winning your fantasy leagues are concerned, like I have him in a redraft. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm pretty. I don't I don't think I'm going to get really much of anything as a return, if if I'm even able to get a trade for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And don't forget, I don't know. D- defense doesn't win us fantasy championships, no. but it certainly is very important in real life. He is much better than Volpe defensively. Like Volpe has made a few nice plays. Like you definitely will see highlights of him coming in on the ball and the quick transfer to first. There's no doubt, but mm-hmm. the arm is so weak. It's, it's not a shortstop arm. He is a second baseman. Now what's interesting is Josh Donaldson is heading to the IL. So theoretically you could get both of these guys in the lineup. Yeah. If you wanted to. And I think, yeah. I, I don't know what to do. Like, what would you do here? Would you call up Peraza and continue to rotate LeMahieu, Torres, Peraza, and Volpe? Or would you yeah. kind of keep Peraza down and then just do a LeMahieu, Volpe, Torres all the time? No, I'd go with the with the former. I'd, I'd bring up uh, Peraza. And, uh, I mean, if Donaldson, go, Donaldson goes out, um, yeah, I'm bringing up Peraza. And I... I mean, there's no there's no point in not planning for the future, right? So put Peraza at short, take LeMahieu, put him at DH, you know, and rotate him with Stanton, put Volpe at second, and, and let him get some reps at second, you know? Yeah. I, honestly, that's the smart move to do. Volpe is going to settle in at second long term. I'm convinced of that. I just – he's not a shortstop. I'm sorry. I, I know I, I come off as like this Volpe hater, and I'm really not. I think he's great. <laughs> Yeah. But he's not a shortstop, and he's not ready right now. But at the same time, I would keep him in the big leagues and have him play every day, and yep. I would just move him to second if I could. Right. But what do I know? Um, Let's go yeah. to some pitchers. Pitchers are interesting because you get a start in here, and let's go to Brandon Fott. Brandon Fott is – some people's darling now for pitching prospects when you consider Andrew Painter and Grayson Rodriguez and the things that they've sort of dealt with this year. And it was a little disappointing to see him get sent down to triple a with, you know, he's already sort of dominated that level. I can't think of a, a pitching prospect that's more major league ready than Brandon fought. Yeah. But at the same time, three innings pitched and he has a 14 ERA right now. I can't do math right now uh, very fast. But that's a lot of runs he gave up in three innings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he also struck out seven people in three innings. So and he didn't walk anyone either. He didn't walk anyone either. He didn't so. walk anybody. Yes, very, very accurate. I mean, that's Brandon Fott's game for sure. Is like he's not going to walk anybody and he's going to strike out a ton. Um, but I do feel like he is a huge buy right now. And don't be afraid to invest heavily on him. Like, honestly, let me ask you this. We We... We're going to do this. Would you rather? Would you rather have Brandon Fott or Hunter Brown right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I have Hunter Brown, and he looked pretty bad in that first start. He almost got through five. Uh, I'm sticking with Brown only because I feel like the Astros are going to stick with Brown for a little bit longer. I do like Fott, though, a lot, and I also love my chances of Zach Davies or whoever going down in that rotation really quick with injury or, you know, what have you, or the, you know, the fans. But the thing is, uh, Tori Lovello, 
the manager of the of the uh, Diamondbacks, he drives me insane. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Corbin Carroll thing. I'm sure we'll get into him later too. But the Corbin Carroll thing with not starting him uh, anywhere close to the top of the order at, at all. I mean, he's been seven, six, and five. I just have absolutely no faith in Lavello, and which really makes me question that front office and their decision making. So I think I, I think I'm sticking with Brown only because of the the organization. But as a as a pitcher, I, I think you're right about Fott. Seven Ks, no walks. We're looking at a extraordinarily small sample, but that's that's the name of the game today, folks. Yeah, don't forget the the you know Triple A Reno is a very difficult place to pitch. Um, last year he he dominated that level in a way. I mean the strikeout, 74 strikeouts in 61 innings, 2.63 ERA, 14 walks. Very very good. Not maybe not perhaps like elite elite, but very very good. And that's in a hitter's park. So mm-hmm. don't don't worry so much about the runs given up. Look at the walks zero. And look at the K's, seven. That's all you really need to worry about. And don't worry about the runs with Fott. Uh, he'll be up sooner rather than later. I think, personally, let's get crazy right here. If mm-hmm. you said you can have one or the other, I would take Fott ahead of Tiedelman. I'd take Fott ahead of Kyle Harrison. I'd take Fott oh, cool. ahead of Taj Bradley. I'd take Fott ahead of, uh, who else, Bobby Miller. Yeah. I think that the only guys that I would sell fought for are Gavin Stone, Yuri Perez, and Andrew Painter. Wow. That's how high I think I am on fought. Okay. Do you disagree with what I anything I said there? Uh yeah, I'm I'm sold on Kyle Harrison, pretty sold on Taj Bradley. But other than those, well, Bobby Miller, I, I need I need to see him healthy. But other than those three, I'm okay with what you said. Yeah. I, and again, to push back on on that, like Fott's gonna be up before any of those guys, yeah. and that's important to me as a pitching prospect. As a hitting prospect, maybe not so much. But as a pitching prospect, I'm so paranoid with these injuries that happen, and then just eliminate a year to maybe two years of your progression that like, if you're ready to go in the big leagues, you're a call away. Like that's maybe why Andrew Painter needs to be bumped and Yuri Perez needs to be bumped and Tiedelman needs to be bumped. Like these guys are not a call away, but thought is, and that's important right now. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's look at some, uh, let's look at some hitters that have some crazy K percentages because that's fun to do. Um, your, your boy over here. And I want to see what you think about this because you had him as a breakout is Andres Shaparo. Yes. And I saw a lot of love with him. He does not have a hit (laughs) in his first 20 at bats and he's striking out at a 45% clip. Oof. So what do you think? Are you going to double down and, and buy, or are you kind of getting back on your, your, guy right here this is a, it puts you right on the spot here yeah i don't know if i said I, I don't know if i bought into him for this year but in general <laughs> we don't need to do, do all the uh, specifics uh I, i'm holding on shaparo uh 
just because of what I saw in the spring and what I saw last year, uh, you know, some people, some players, a lot of players uh, don't really warm up until, you know, a month into the season because, of, you know, the weather has a lot to do with it. A lot of these kids are coming from uh, the Dominican and Venezuela where it's never uh, 80 degrees really, or, um, or colder. And sometimes these kids just come out cold. And I think that's kind of what's going on with Shaparo. Although he's been he's been in the minors for quite some time now, and he's 24, I believe. So he uh, he's had his chances. I think he's just hopped to a, a slow start. I'm sticking behind him. All right, I like it. Stick behind your guy. Um, let's go to right. another guy that we talked with some of our. Um, um, bold predictions that we had um, mm-hmm. Ronnie Mauricio for the yeah. Met. Again, he doesn't get a lot of love. And despite a very good start, three home runs, 385 yep. batting average, only 18% strikeout. And this is again in 26 at bats. I don't think mm-hmm. any of, I shouldn't say the at bats, but um, what do we think? I, I mean, are we buying this guy wherever we can? I don't see, and let me ask, and then let me ask you um, kind of who would you rather after your your response? Sure, I I bought into him last year. I made a trade for him in in our uh, in our sites uh, prospects only fantasy league or dynasty league prospect fifteen hundreds. Uh, you beat the staff league. Um, I made a trade for him last year, and I'm really glad that I did so because it looks like this kid is going to end up being a beast. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying Ronnie Mauricio uh, with everything I got. All right. Let's see how high you can get him into a top 100 list right now. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. So, Ronnie Mauricio or um, let's go. I'm just going to go Brian Rocchio. How about that? Oh, Mauricio. Wow, are you? Oh my God. Okay, hmm. maybe I should pick a guy I absolutely love, but yeah, um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I think you're crazy. Uh, let's let me see where Rokio's at. Rokio is hitting a cool 350 right now with three stolen bases and a four percent strikeout rate in AAA. But Ooh. whatever, as a as a 22 <laughs> year old, but whatever. You can have Monty okay. Mauricio. I would take Rokio. Let me go okay. a little bit higher then. What about Marco okay. Luistiano or Ronnie Mauricio? Oh, I'm taking Mauricio all day. Ronnie Mauricio. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Over Marco oh, Luciano. I do have him. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I, Luciano hasn't played right now. I'm still taking him easily over. I thought I was giving you softball questions. No. Nope. You have you have Mauricio as like a top 50 guy then. Well, I definitely got him above Luciano. Wow. Okay. I. <laughs> what about Jordan Westberg? No, I like Westberg. Okay, Westberg. Okay, so what about Kobe Mayo? No, I like Mayo too. Mayo too. Okay. What about? Um, I'm trying to get where you're at. Brooks Lee. Yeah, I put him above Brooks Lee. Okay. So. 60s 70s yeah that's yeah i think on my list i put them yeah you're you're very high 70 i think i was the highest maybe i don't think i take any of those names ahead of him still but he is worth because of he's worth yeah i mean is it because the opportunity isn't there for him the the road the pathway 
he's one of those guys that I shut out in my life for a little while. Yeah. And he's this last year has been a kind of, okay, I got to see it a little bit more. He's certainly off to a great start right now. There's no doubt. And I, be, I believe in it. I guess I do. I, I mean, I take him ahead of Brooks Lee. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I, I love Rokio. I don't think that's fair. And I love Luisiano still, but I can see him like in the eighties to nineties for me right now, maybe eighties. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too far off. Okay. There's just so many good middle infield prospects. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of nuts. Um, where is, uh, I forgot to say where he was at, at level here. Let me just, yeah, he's at, oh, he's triple a as a 22 yeah. year old. Yeah. He's, he's in triple a. Yeah. yeah. God, that's good. Okay. Uh, so buying, buying wherever you, you can get them for cheap compared yeah. to, let's say, um, Luisiano or, or Rokio. You can get them for yep. a lot cheaper than that, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Brooks Lee. Yeah, Brooks Lee. People love Brooks Lee. <laughs> yeah, they do. They go, people going nuts over Brooks Lee. <laughs> All right, let's go back to some pitchers here. Who had a good uh, strikeout? Per- oh, this is a great one. Okay, so... Um, I don't know if you saw the stat cast on Matthew Liebertor, but he was throwing gas, like 96, 97, Ooh. which not what I'm familiar with and a guy that I've hated for a long time. In Matthew yeah, Liebertor. no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've never liked um, Liebertor he, either. He's gone 10 innings so far, so two starts with 14 Ks, hasn't given up a run with four walks that highlight uh, that heightened pitch speed. So... Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? <laughs> Does that interest you now? Yes, absolutely. Uh, exit bump, um, uh, velocity bumps are are huge for certain for certain pitchers. Remember Zach Wheeler prior to when he was uh, pumping in 96, 97 on the average. The mm-hmm. year before, when he was with the Mets, I mean, he would it. it he went from being a fourth rotation, fourth in the rotation starter to an ace because of two basically two miles per hour on his fastball and if you're that right there and that's the last thing that you need which for me with Libertor, that's i mean that's it so if he's there and and he's pumping in 96 lefty with Libertor's control and and all of his secondaries in that cardinal system yeah yeah i'm with it a thousand percent and that rotation is a mess. He is a call yeah. away. And that goes back to what we were saying with Brandon Fott. If you're close to the big leagues as a pitcher, I'm really interested in you. And it's hard for me to say that about Libertor because I've been, I've never ranked yeah. him in my top 100 ever. Yeah, I'm, Brad, <laughs> I'm right there with you. So let's go ahead and do a little game here. Um, sure. So again, we're looking for pitchers that are close. So I'm going to try to pick guys that are a call away. So mm-hmm. D DL Hall or Matthew Libertor? Libertor. DL Hall or Luis Ortiz for Pittsburgh? Libertor. What about Forrest Whitley or Libertor? <laughs> Libertor. Okay, I'll go a little higher. Um yeah. I mean there's a I feel like there's a big gap though. But um let me go down a little bit to maybe double A. What about um Gavin Williams or Libertor? Ooh. For this year? Yeah, I guess 
I guess it's not fair to do Gavin Williams for this year because it's obvious like Libertor will probably be up, but overall, yeah. would you over overall? I'd still stick with Williams. Yeah. He's Just because bad. I mean the yeah the, I I love the velocity bump. Don't get me wrong, but if if you want to get up to Williams' stature, then uh, I would like to see it at least for a month. You know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, after Brandon fought, like. Libertor is a call away, especially if he's doing well, like he's going to be up in that rotation real quick. And I don't know if you're going to find many prospects that are more big league ready than him right now, pitching wise. No. Mm -mm. So it's a good call, especially if you're in a redraft league. Again, can he sustain this? Is a big question. He has never thrown this hard ever. So why is this happening now? And is it sustainable? It's so hard to know right now. I, I can't give you a good answer. I don't think anybody can give you a good answer, but worth buying in redraft. What do you have to lose in redraft leagues? It's the dynasty. <laughs> the dynasty is the big call. Like if I go ahead and change this up and say, who would you rather have for the next 10 years? Emmett Sheehan or Matthew Liebertor? Can you really say Liebertor? No, I can't. Yeah. Sheehan, she, Sheehan looked dominant, by the way. Yesterday, nothing. I watched that game in Double A. He was absolutely filthy. Just nothing but fastballs, and these guys were waving at him like he's got like, it, the best fastball ever. It's so good. Yeah, I argue the uh, I when I was watching the broadcast, the uh, the pitching coach of Double A uh, Tulsa said that uh, Sheehan has the best fastball in the minor leagues. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's incredible. So Libertor is a perplexing case. I think the advice is to, uh, again, with pitching prospects, I'm okay in buying them as you can. And, and just, you know, if you try to get single a pitchers and live Mm. your, your dynasty team off of that, it's just not a good recipe. Mm -mm. So go get guys that are close to the big leagues and have a velocity bump. Why not? There's no yeah, there's absolutely. No Especially with somebody like Liberator, where that's really the only thing that he had been missing was that he was got that by. Elite. Yeah, he got by yeah. okay. It yeah, was great. All right, let's go ahead and take a break here, and we'll continue overreacting to some of these guys. This has been fun, so we'll continue to do it. Stay tuned. Futures Focus. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Futures Focus here with you. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me is my co-host, Nate Eckert. And we're going to continue to overreact to prospects that have made their debut or are performing in the minor leagues right now because that's the most recent piece of evidence we have. So why not go over it and tell you whether to buy, sell, or hold and maybe even give you a couple of names that you could target in a trade 
that uh, we would perhaps recommend. So let's do. Uh, let's try to get as many names as we can here in the second half of the episode, Nate. So I'll go ahead and just kind of mm-hmm. go over some names here and ask you who you would rather have and or maybe a buy or sell or whatever. So sure. um, let's go over. Let's see here. What I want to do. I'm, there we go. Okay, let's go over with Kyle Manzardo. 192 batting average in Triple A as a 22-year-old. Everybody's darling. Mm-hmm. 18% strikeout rate, not bad. 3% walk rate, not good. One home run, 26 at bats. Um, are we still assuming that he's coming up this year and? Would you rather have Tristan Cassis or Kyle Manzardo for this year? Ooh. No, I'm definitely rolling with Cassis this year. Um, I do think he gets called up eventually. Uh, and I do think that this is just a, a bad start for him. And I would continue to buy on uh, Manzardo. This is great because I didn't see his stock ever coming down anytime soon. So if somebody is a little frustrated right now with him, especially since there was some talk, he'd get the immediate call to the big leagues. Hey, what, by the way, how about the Rays? Uh, somebody picked them to go to the world series. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I believe yep. they, uh, they have not lost a game yet. So yeah, th- who knows? They may not lose for the rest of the year. There's an overreaction yeah. for us. Uh, my two teams are going pretty good. Rays and Braves combined, uh, what, 13 and two right now. So, whoo, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Anyway, after I pat my shoulder a little bit, let's mm-hmm. get, back to, mm-hmm. get back to business here. All right, Colton Cowser. Okay, I love this guy. I think he is a big leaguer. I was on the fence, saw him in spring training a bunch, was uber impressed with him. Right mm-hmm. now, though, interesting line. 34% strikeout rate. He has a 0.83 batting average. He's in AAA. He's a call away, essentially. He's got a stolen base. Um, what do you think about Colton Cowser and this year? I mean, it's the Orioles, hitting prospects, slow start. What do you think? I, I think it is a slow start. I like him further down the road this year. Not Probably not anywhere close yet. Um, but he's only, I'd say... Uh, a hot month away, probably. Maybe uh, he puts in another month and a half of good numbers, and that may come a little bit later. I don't know. I don't think he's been exposed to AAA up until this point. This is his first stint in AAA, unless he had a cup of coffee there last year. Um, he did. Yeah, he did. It was a 120 plate appearance in Norfolk, where he hit five okay. home runs with 225. Oh, okay. That's a little more telling. Yeah, uh, I'm still I'm still all in on Cowser because I love him too. I'm right there with you. So, uh, but for this season, it's it's probably somewhere after the All Star break. I, I would assume the Orioles would like to see him have uh, success there first before they call him up. What about Colton Cowser or Tyler Soderstrom for this year if you're in a redraft league? Uh, Soderstrom. Interesting. Yeah, Soderstrom off to a decent start. 333. He's hit a homer, only 13% strikeout rate. 21 at bats. Gives you a good idea. Let's move on and 
Let's talk about your guy, James Altman. I, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. Um, man, pretty exciting. Hit a home run tonight. He's got two home runs, 21% yeah. walk rate, but 30% strikeout rate too. And he did play against the lefty tonight, which was encouraging. But what do you think about Altman going forward? Are you encouraged? And I am. Uh, I'll ask you a couple questions after. Yeah, I am encouraged with Outman. Uh, he's done nothing but play really good baseball for the Dodgers, who are arguably the best team in the NL. Um, what? Arguably. Arguably the best team in the NL. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm – I'm big on Outman and and I watch him every night. So uh, I, I can tell you he's definitely a big leaguer. He's not going anywhere. And I, I would continue to buy on him. Are Dodger fans overrating James Outman because he's one eighth of the cost of Cody Bellinger and doing 80 times more? No, no. And I think you just said exactly why. Uh, that's why they're not overrating him. Outman or Peter Crow Armstrong, long term. Peter Crow, Peter Crow Armstrong. Wow. Okay. All right. What about um, what about our guy we just talked about, Colton Kowser or James Outman, or forever? Oh, oh, oh man, I would probably still roll with Kowser, but yeah. I don't want to regret Look. it later on but i'd still i'd still love love outman but if something goes wrong and that jumps up to a 35 or 38 strikeout rate it's done like it's over yeah that's pretty high and the lefties i still don't think that he's playing every day with against the lefties yeah maybe if he was in milwaukee but (laughs) sure sure it's a no that's a decent argument as well like if you don't perform against lefties. You're not going to play against lefties. Right. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there's so many names that we could go over right now. What about. This is a this is a name out of left field here, but I'm interested in him because he's off to a great start. Lennon Sosa for the Chicago White Sox. He's mm. hit two home runs. He's hitting 421. He only has a nine percent strikeout rate. He had a cup of coffee. Last year definitely was called up way too soon, but at the same time, he didn't look completely overmatched. I mean, granted, he hit 114, but I, I watched a few of his bats. He was okay. Um, is he kind of like I don't want to say he's a post hype sleeper because he was never like a top 100 guy, but mm-hmm. a guy that perhaps is a sneaky buy in dynasty leagues? Are you ever in on Lennon Sosa for the, the White Sox? Yeah, I. I'm, he's definitely a sneaky, a sneaky buy for dynasty leagues without question. Because in most dynasty leagues, you could probably get on the waiver wire right now and and swoop him up or make a really really easy trade to to nab him. Uh, so yeah, he's a sneaky. I like him a lot. I would get him in dynasty leagues for sure. Twenty three home runs, batting closer to three twenty. Last year in double A, triple A this, I mean, how many times have we seen a guy come up for a couple of bats before he was ready and not be anything impressive. Oh. And we just write him off. Like Lennon Sosa right. is a very good player to buy right now. <laughs> like for nothing, like you said, you can get him for literally nothing. Yeah. 
Penny. Uh, all right, let's go off to some other guys that are on hot starts. Um, Pedro Leon. What about Pedro Leon or Lennon Sosa? What about those two? <laughs> what do you think about? Uh, and before you answer, let me give you Lennon. So, um, sorry, but Pedro Leon start, which is 400 with uh, 20 plate appearances with a 26% strikeout rate, but at triple a 24 year old for Houston who has injuries all over. And they're bringing up guys I've never heard of to play in front of him, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, I'm sticking with Sosa because Leon isn't exactly a stranger to injuries. I mean, like you said, he's 24. He's still in triple a hasn't yet, hasn't yet made his debut, but, um, I'm sticking with Sosa. He just seems more durable. Uh, that's who I'd go with, Sosa. I'm yeah. I'm so confused on what the plan is for Pedro Leon. Leon the Astros. Right. We're getting Hensley and Jolks and guys <laughs> that. People, I mean, they're I. They're okay. Like they're actually right. performing admirably. Yeah. yeah like they are. why wouldn't Pedro Leon? come up and play second base for them right now <laughs> for uh, no I, no idea why not but he's not he can at least steal no. some bases too but yeah yeah um all right let's go over to uh what about this guy this guy's kind of intriguing because he got a cup of coffee last year it's michael garcia for the kansas city royals last oh, year yeah. he came up actually hit 318 in his 22 plate appearances and right now he's hitting 429 with a home run, 10 RBIs, two stolen bases. He definitely looks like a player, and the Royals certainly have lots of openings, it seems like, right now. Um, I'm interested to see kind of who you would take Mikhail Garcia over right now. So uh, let me give you sure. a few names here. Because I think it's an easy buy right now. He's super cheap. Right, totally. Right Absolutely. Yeah, I like so, Michael. Uh, Michael, yeah. Yeah, let's go over uh, some shortstops here. So, all right. Um, again, we kind of have to take into consideration that he's very close to the big leagues. So, I'll give you some mm-hmm. other guys that are close as well. What about Matt McLean for Cincinnati? Also at AAA right now, 316 batting average, two home runs. Looks pretty good. Mm, that's a tough one right off the bat. Um, in a dynasty league, I'm taking. I'm still, I'm still, I'm sticking with McLean because I was in on him uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, it's a close one. It's closer than I would have thought last year. <laughs> right. Um, I'm assuming you're taking Mauricio over him. Yes. What about his counterpart, Michael Massey in Kansas City for this year? Ooh. Well, Massey hasn't really, you know gone nuts thus far uh, i know he was a hot name coming out of spring uh, i would go with garcia over massey only because uh i didn't even know that massey really existed until spring training this year and <laughs> i knew who i knew who, <laughs> who garcia was so uh yeah I'll, I'll go with garcia i think garcia's upside is bigger but I do think Massey's going to get far more at bats right now. Massey's hitting yeah. 158. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's his ceiling's capped for sure. I think compared to Michael Garcia. So mm-hmm. interesting. Let's go long long term then with Garcia. He seemed pretty high 
I'm our, uh, I'll kind of expand it beyond shortstops as well here. Um, let's okay. go to what's a good name. What I think you would. What about Michael Bush? Ooh, see now that that's a perfect that's a perfect uh, example or uh, versus because Garcia has nothing but opportunity and Bush has everything but like ev- <laughs> exactly every roadblock in the world in front of him. Uh, I I'd go with uh, Garcia for this year, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Michael Bush still a lot. I think I'd I take know. him. I do too. Dynasty over him, but yeah, um, in Dynasty. This year though, yeah, you might be right. I mean, honestly, like that's the the smart move is to say Mark Michael Garcia is going to be playing more games than Bush. Yeah. What about Alex Ramirez for the Mets? Ooh, that's another one who's got nothing but roadblocks. Uh, I'd go with Garcia this year. Yeah, interesting. All right, yeah, Garcia's kind of a, a low-key name. I don't think people that picked him up probably picked him up last year when he got promoted and just kind of held on to him, it would be my guess, and mm-hmm. haven't been following him too much. Nice. He's a great player to have, like, as a throw-in in a deal. Yeah. Get yep. somebody you really like and then say, okay, I'll do this. But make sure you throw in this guy as well. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. A lot of opportunity in Kansas City. It's nice. Yeah, it's the nice. land of opportunity in Kansas City. Very <laughs> true. All right. Um, let's go. Let's see. I'm trying to find out who's just been in, like, ridiculous starts here. <laughs> that was, Mikel Garcia has been in one of the ridiculous ones. Yeah, yeah he's uh, on his hair. We talked about pretty much. Let's go with the who has been on an off start. How about that? Okay. Shaparo. Sounds good. Shaparo, uh, Shaparo. Shaparo was the big one. Yeah. <laughs> big one over. indeed. Um, Joe, uh, John Kensey Noel for Cleveland. Yeah. 52% strikeout rate, 100 average in 20 at bats, no homers. He's in AAA. Are we giving up on him entirely? Oh, entirely, entirely, uh, probably not. However, he's getting close to that, like, uh, Bobby Bradley type, uh, low, low side. Um, yeah, he's, he's getting down there. Yeah. I'm not too thrilled with him. I'm really looking for guys like the, the big power guys now that don't do anything else and are going to have a 220 batting average i'm just mm. not worried about anymore like right you turn into joey gallo fine yeah <laughs> but i'd rather take a guy that hits 10 home runs less and steals 10 more bases and has a decent batting average yep. which i feel like are a lot more prevalent than noel yeah i agree so like if you show me weakness and all you can do is hit home runs like i'm just gonna, not going to worry about you anymore so yep. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. I don't know why. Yep. Saw him at the Futures game with uh, yeah. Valera. Yep. Who's big All right, let's person? Do, yeah, he's a big guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's do a few more. Um, who, who else? Let's do some more pitchers. We haven't done enough pitchers, right? Right. <sighs> we talked about Gavin... Williams, Gavin Stone, 
You're still very high on him despite a rough start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he turned it around in his second start. He bounced back pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Kyle Muller? We talked about him a little bit, and then he went out and had a decent second start as well. Eight mm-hmm. strikeouts through 11 innings, 2.53 ERA. Kyle Muller, he's in the big leagues. He's in the rotation. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. What's right. not to like here? Exactly. What's not to like? He's already at the show. He's already performing. He's already uh, putting himself to win games, but putting himself in a position to win games. Uh, exactly. What's not to like? What about Michael Grove or Kyle Muller rest of season? I'd go with Muller only because of Oakland's, you know, prospects and the Dodgers' prospects and the pitchers that are already there. What about Dylan Dodd or Kyle V. Muller? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a tough one. I'd probably stick with Muller because Dodd is just, I feel like, a couple of bad starts away from being replaced. Uh, and Muller would have to really tank for them to bring him out of there. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, that could go against you because you're going to keep starting. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I think that Dylan Dodd is safer, but Kyle Muller has a a bigger ceiling for you. So you got to look at your pitching staff. Like you just want a guy that's going to be out there and and like uh, Dylan Dodd's really good. Like he just throws the ball wherever he wants. And yeah. it's not crazy, but he doesn't walk people and it's difficult to hit. Jared Schuster, on the other hand, I'm not, I kind of hate that guy right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know why I brought him up just because I've been mad at him tonight. Huh? was not yeah. a good, <laughs> tonight was not a good performance again. Um, okay. Let's go with this. Uh, I just, I just sorted by highest ERA right now. Um <laughs> Caleb hmm. Killian has a 34.29 ERA oh. for the Cubs. Oh. Oh. Well, I, I was, like I was, did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. But well, I, what I do you, think. what do you think about Caleb Killian? Um, I don't know what happened to him. I think that he, he's not worth going out and buying right now. No. And, no. Certainly not a very good performance to start. The big league performance wasn't very good. I like the stuff. I think he's he's got good stuff. But it was such a horrific. Even like they called him up when he probably wasn't even deserving of it because he had a right. you know, four plus ERA and mm-hmm. AAA and they just called him up anyway. And then, OK, now yep. he has a three <laughs> horrific starts and <laughs> horrific starts. So like the Cubs kind of screwed him up. Yeah. I don't even know if he's worth buying at this point. No. Yeah, what about I don't Quinn Priester? I don't know what to think about Quinn Priester either. 16 ERA. It's just fun to say that. But he had a bad <laughs> start as well. Walked the two guys in his three innings. People yeah. still are dying on that Quinn Priester hill. I, I left that hill a long time ago myself. You're off, you're off the Quinn Priester hill. Yeah. 20. Yeah. 2020, 20, I was pretty much off of it. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I don't he like was, him very much. Okay. Well, he was a big prospect back then, too. Uh, I, I don't, screw it. I'll, I'll still be on the uh, Quinn Priester Hill. 
they need him. Like, honestly, the Pirates desperately need him to figure it out. Yeah. He's got good stuff. Like, it's interesting some of his progressions in terms of his fastball and what he's added to his repertoire. It's pretty impressive. But mm-hmm. the strikeouts just never have been very good. And yeah. the results at the higher levels haven't been very good. I mean, he's been okay. I mean, honestly, I'm looking kind of back at his stats right now. He's not, he hasn't been her- horrific. People love him, though. There's people around yeah, it. They really do. The they really do. Who's had it? Uh, let's go one more. Let's go end on a high note here. Who had a really good start? Um, oh, here's a good one. How about Dre Jameson? He came in and got a two-inning oh. save for the Diamondbacks. He throws hardest, the hardest out of all of those guys. You talk about Tommy Henry. Talk about fought. Talk about Ryan Nelson. And then Dre Jameson. Like, he throws the hardest out of all of them. And I love him in the back of the bullpen right now. Um, I don't think he's a starter, though, now, based on this overreaction episode. I think that <laughs> you keep him in the bullpen right now. You got enough starters to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, I was I was a Jameson believer before the season began. I drafted him, and then... Uh, and then they they brought him they uh did what they did they made him a non-starter but on the surface his stats are way better than if you went to I was on baseball savant last night looking at everybody and of all the expected weighted on base averages for pitchers across major league baseball uh Jameson had one of the worst um Hard hit rates, barrel rates, all that stuff, walk rates, uh, expected outcomes are not in Jameson's favor right now. So look out for a bit of uh, a bit of a brush back on on his good start with the surface numbers. He may have a, a blow up or two in him down the road. I, I think that's a good point. But this is an example of you got to watch the kid pitch versus taking a look at the stats because none of the stats blow you away in the minor leagues. But you just look at him pitch and you're like, okay, that's a high leverage reliever if I've ever seen one. Yeah, Um, for sure. He just hasn't done that in the minors. He started almost his. He's only had one non-start in the minor leagues as I'm looking through this. So like, he is a. You just you hate to do that to 23 year old, 24 year old. Okay, you're a reliever now with all that stuff, and you, you give him every chance. But imagine him in the bullpen when he's put up pretty decent numbers, and then all of a sudden that 99 becomes 100 and 101. Yep. And yep. so, like, decent. No, you're right. Decent. You're, def- you're definitely right about the, re- about the reliever upside for sure. Yeah. Um. So, and he's up right now, like the other guys aren't. So sorry. Exactly. Exactly. Even though, I mean, Ryan Nelson's up, I guess, but he hasn't. He's been okay. Ryan Nelson's another one. There's so many guys to talk about. We didn't even touch on a lot of them. Is there anybody that has caught your eye that's impressed you or sort of not impressed you here as we begin the season? Well, you know who actually did impress me? I watched his uh, start yesterday it was uh opening day for the tulsa drillers uh landon knack mm, yeah. uh yeah there's an old name 
from the 2020 draft. He uh, started pitching for the Dodgers system, right-hander. He was a top 10 Dodger prospect for me just last year, two years ago. It was one of the two. It wasn't that long ago. And then he had uh, health issues, gained a little weight. But he's back, folks. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that. He pitched yesterday and got through four. No problem. No runs. I don't think he had any walks in like 4Ks, but he's not going to be a, a 12K, you know, per nine or something, something crazy like that. But he'll definitely he'll definitely win you some games. So it's, it's nice to say that Landon Knack is back. And then they followed him with Emmett Sheehan, who's like the exact opposite of, of Knack, in my opinion. And he's just got blow away stuff. I mean, he's gone absolutely nowhere as far as my uh radar is concerned I, I love that kid more than most most uh most people <laughs> and uh yeah just those two in general that I, that I actually got to watch and that I could say I'm I'm really high on I would buy yeah good call I think that's a, a nice name you want to look out he's maybe not the greatest example of a post-hype sleeper but that's this is the type of the time of year where you want to look for the post hype sleeper, because that's really all you can do right now. If you invested heavily in a Volpe or yet, you, you know, whoever we talked about that was high or low, you can't really do much right now. Anyway, that's, I mean, you're just going to have to be honest with you at the end here <laughs> of the episode, but you can't overreact too much of these, but what you can do is the post hype sleeper, the guy that, you know, two or three years ago, like Michael Togley is a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all forgot about him. He's he's hit two home runs, he's 14% strikeout rate. Now, a lot of the other stats aren't great either, so don't go up and, and look up Toglia. But just the first one that came to mind, right? Like, we were really high on him. Matt Mervis is another good example. Don't forget, like, just because they didn't make the big leagues this year right out of spring training doesn't mean you have to forget about them. And when they get off the hot starts and they're post-hype, the hype comes back real quick. Real quick. You got to be careful. So get go ahead and, and buy it right away. And if it doesn't work out in a week or two, then you can always drop them and go for the next guy. But there's there's a lot of names out there, like Joshua Baez is a name that I was really high on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hudson Head. Mm-hmm. Go back to him. <laughs> uh, um, there's just, there's you know, the names can go on and on. Luis Angel, uh, Luis Angel Acuna as well. Guys that just like kind of fell off a little bit. Be very, very aware of how they start out the year. And that's that's about the only thing you can do at the beginning of the year because we love to overreact. <laughs> of course, of course. But the Dodgers are the best team in the NL, huh? I say so. <laughs> we'll see. Lineup's pretty weak. I'm t- I'm just saying. Yeah, we don't have Acuna and Freeman. Oh, uh, oh, never mind. We do have Freeman. Yeah. I forgot. Nicely Oops. done. Yeah. Um, it's good to have baseball back. Now we have full minor leagues as well. Um, I didn't even get a chance to look at. Uh, let's do that on air right now. Actually, who uh, who dominated tonight for their? Uh, look it up. This is live action stats. Yes, Boom. it is. 
<laughs> not by the time you guys get it, but oh, that's true. Live live action here. All right. Jackson Holiday had five total bases, went four for five tonight. Whew. Nice. Pretty good. Uh, let's see here. Zach Veen had a triple. Okay. Nothing much. Nothing too crazy. Unless I'm. Oh, wait. I'm in the top 100. Let me go to the top 900. There we go. There we go. Let's get crazy now. <laughs> Jordan Diaz had a home run. Ooh. Three for three. Nice. Oh, Grant McRae. I like Grant mm. McRae a lot. He's he's still in high A only. Jeez. Luis, three for four. <laughs> yeah. Three for God. four. Spencer Jones, two for four. Home run. Hey, now. Um, Remember Zach Deloach? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, home run, two for three. Triple A. Brady yes. House hit a homer tonight. Ooh, Brady House. Jet Williams. Ooh, Jet Williams in low A hit a home run tonight. Yeah, that's your boy. Kobe Mayo hit a home run tonight. Mm-hmm. But all these, go one for five. Do something else, too, guys. Come on. Yeah. What about pitchers? I always forget the pitchers. Like, I always just. Always. Like, 100%. Always. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Um, oh, oh. Louis Varlin for the Twins had nine strikeouts in five innings. Oh, I love this guy, too. Oh, my God. I'm excited to see this. Mason huh. Miller. I'm going to put Mason Miller into hey. the top 70. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm so I in on Mason this guy. Yeah. Eight strikeouts in three and two-thirds. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> He's so good. He just can't stay healthy. But Get um, him in there. Yeah. Tenor Beebe with seven strikeouts in five innings. There we go. Okay. Jackson Rutledge, a perfect example of a post-hype sleeper. Seven Indeed. strikeouts and four and two-thirds. Nice. Dax nice. Fulton, two, uh, six strikeouts hey. and four and a third. Definition of post-hype. Yeah, yeah. He's another good example. Um, oof. Reese Olsen gave up seven tonight. Oof. Yikes. Uh, Ken Waldenchuk, too, for the A's, gave up eight yeah. tonight. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> all right this is what we like to do just go over guys check them out who had a huge night who had three hits again no worries no big deal <laughs> fun stuff all right nate i think that's it we're back man baseball's back folks yeah we're fully back now oh yeah big time fully back who cares about the other sports i don't nope what other sports <laughs> all right fantastic this is futures focus my name is alex sanchez nate ecker joining me as my co-host thank you very much we'll be here next week futures focus is out